Good morning. A warm welcome to the service this morning. Uh, good to see a few visitors with us again, and uh, you're especially welcome. If you can stay behind for tea and coffee at the end, uh, please do so. This morning, uh, we've got uh, a friend, uh, a familiar friend with us, uh, Donnie McLeod, Donnie Faith Mission. And uh, Donnie is going to lead the service uh, this morning. It's the last service that he'll lead in his capacity as the the faith mission worker. So in a sense, it's kind of farewell uh, to Donnie from that particular uh, ministry. But we're not really saying farewell because I've already got him in the diary to come back and preach here in April. Uh, So we'll see him soon. But I think on behalf of the congregation, uh, I just want to say thank you uh, to Donnie and for uh, all the work that he's organized and taken part in and and worked with others over We've seen a, a great impact uh, for the gospel uh, through the faith mission uh, over the I don't know where to stand here <laughs> over the, the last uh, few years, both in terms of those who, who don't know the gospel uh, who have who have responded, and also at, at times when it's been somewhat tense between uh, different Christians, the tent has been a great place and a place of real blessing where we've been able to to come together and to worship God together. So just on behalf of the congregation, uh, thank you for all that you have done and all that you will continue to do. Christians never get to retire. You just get uh, different uh, seasons of of work. And so I'm going to pray uh, for you, Donnie, just before you come and take the rest of the service. And uh, if you're wondering why I run out the door, it's not because I don't want to listen to Donnie. I do, but I've been asked to go and preach in Graver at short notice. So I'm going to say, pray, and then, and then I'm going to head off after that. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, your day. We thank you for the blessing of being able to come together as your people. And we thank you for those that you equip and gift to be able to lead us in, in worship. We thank you for Donnie and for all that you have done in him and through him over the years here. We thank you, Lord, for the the many blessings that we have experienced and that we still benefit from uh, as we think back on the tent, as we think back on meetings where uh, we saw the tent filled and many people coming along who wouldn't normally come uh, to church buildings. We thank you that we've seen uh, the gospel at work and for the blessing of coming together as brothers and sisters united uh, in the gospel, all one in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you have used Donnie to encourage that. So we pray, Lord, that you would bless him and Catherine as uh, Donnie retires from this particular job. We know that he will be industrious still in the work of the kingdom, serving you. But we pray that he may know rest and refreshment and that he would know uh, that sense of your guiding and your leading as he continues to serve you in whatever capacity that may be. We pray for Jeff as well as Donnie hands over to him. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless him and that you would use him in this part of uh, your vineyard and in many other places. We ask, Lord, that through the faith mission and through Jeff in particular, that uh, we would see uh, the gospel continuing to progress. So lead us and guide us, we pray, in this hour of worship. Bless Donnie, uh, enable him to know that sense of your presence, that freedom of uh, speech and thought that comes from when the Holy Spirit is at work. So be at work, Lord, amongst us, we pray. 
uh, cleanse us from our sin, empty us of self, fill us with the Holy Spirit, and may Christ Jesus be lifted up and all of us be drawn to him. And we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thank you, Donnie. I'll hand over to you now. Well, thank you very much indeed, David, for your, the kind welcome. And I suppose I wanted to do a little round of meetings to visit a number of churches. Uh, I'll not be able to get them round them all who have been so kind and who have supported us in the work uh, of the, the mission over the past 17 and a half years we've been in the Highland District and the support from uh, David and yourselves we have deeply appreciated that and I want to have, have an opportunity to say thank you, a sincere, heartfelt thank you to you for the way you have supported and for the way you have prayed for us and showed us such kindness. And uh, a man at the door said to me as I was coming in, welcome home. It always feels a bit like that when we come to Tarbert and I've appreciated it so very, very much. So let's come and worship God. Let, let's come together in prayer. Lord, we do indeed thank you for all your goodness to us. We thank you that we can come and sing your praises. We thank you that you are worthy of all worship and of all praise. And we want to praise you from our hearts because we have so much to praise you for. Thank you for your provision towards us, for being able to come here today in the warmth of this building together. We thank you for the food that we enjoy, the tables that are so often spread before us. We thank you for the clothes that we have, our homes. Thank you for friendship and fellowship together. Thank you for the air that we breathe. We know that every breath that we draw, you give it to us. And we take so much for granted, but yet we thank you that you are the giver of every good and of every perfect gift. We thank you for the young people here today and for the work in the Sunday school. And we pray that together, as a congregation of your people, we would grow in, in grace and in the knowledge of God to love the Lord Jesus Christ and to follow him. Lord, help us to do that day by day and help us to know your presence near as we gather this day that we would know your help. We can't do this of ourselves. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. So we pray, Lord, for the one that comes alongside to help us that we would know much of your presence, that we would know much of God alongside us by your Spirit. So Lord, we thank you again and we praise you. Undertake for David as he travels up to, to Graver, as he takes the service up there. We pray that he too would know your protection, that he would know your help, and that together we would give praise and glory and honour to you. Help us and cleanse us afresh from sin. We spread out this time of worship to you, praying that you would have your way, that your will would be done, as we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I, was, I was reflecting back when I was a much, much younger than, than I am now when I was at school. Uh, our, our school holidays, our summer holidays, we used to go up to, we had an uncle who lived up in Diabeg, on, on West or Ross, I'm sure many of you will know where that, where that is, up Shieldig, Torridon, 
up that direction. And they had a, a fishing boat himself. He was our Uncle William and his father-in-law, who we knew as Mr. MacDonald. They would have gone out fishing for crabs and lobsters, setting out creels. And during the summer holidays, we would have gone up there and we would have got to go out in the boat most days. Unless it was too stormy, then they wouldn't take us out. And we used to sit up on the bow and uh, when we were younger and just observe what was happening. And one day as I was thinking about this, I remembered a, a, an incident that happened. Sometimes it was an old it was an engine, well, it looked just like an old engine to me. And sometimes the engine would just conk out and they would have a little bit of a job to get it started. But they would always manage to get it started doing various things and cranking away at the handle and it would start chugging away again. And it never happened that often, but it did happen from time to time. But this day, they were either setting or hauling lobster pots and often that was closer uh, to, to the shore and we were reasonably close to uh, the shoreline where there was quite a lot of rocks and all and did the engine not cut out and it was a bit of a the wind was blowing a bit and I could see this boat drifting in getting closer to the rocks and then uh, after the two of them spent some time trying to get the engine going then my uncle he they had a set of oars on the side of the boat so he got the oars out and he got onto the seat and he started rowing for all his while. He wasn't going anywhere, but he was just keeping the boat away from, from going onto the rocks. And I, I'm sitting there and uh, just watching all this. And as I was thinking about that, you know, obviously they knew what they were doing and we, we were quite safe. But there's a little verse in Timothy that, that talks about holding faith and a good conscience. And by rejecting, by discarding, by, by throwing this away, some have made shipwreck of their faith. I'm sitting on that boat thinking, I hope my uncle's just strong enough and he can keep rowing this boat for long enough to keep us off the rocks. And at the same time I'm thinking, I hope Mr. MacDonald gets this engine going before too long. Because of course, the way the, the, the sea was, we were bobbing up and down and getting blown in towards the rocks. We wouldn't have lasted very long there. But you know, when we're trusting in Jesus, we, we don't have to concern ourselves. Is he going to be strong enough to keep us safe? Or like the, the, the engine conking out. No, when we, we, we trust in Jesus, we're trusting in the one who is the solid rock, who will keep us safe. And who one day will take us on to perfection in the glory and the splendor of heaven where, where God is. And so we need to be careful that, you know, we have this wonderful book, the Bible, don't we? God's precious word. We don't want to be like some just to discard this glorious truth. Because people have done that and they've made shipwreck of their, what they know to be right and true, to make shipwreck of it because they've discarded it, they've rejected it, they've ignored it. Friends, we don't want to do that, do we? We want to embrace it. We want to trust in the one that can keep us safe and that can guide us safely on, oh, right through life to one day, to a life that is far better. 
to be spent with him. Make sure you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if we can turn to Psalm 145, please, Psalm 145, and we'll read the whole psalm. Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all he has compassion on, all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of the Lord look to you and to you give them their food and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. And may God bless to us this reading of his own holy word. Let's again unite in prayer. Lord, we we thank you for your word. You have given, given it to us. We pray that we would be attentive to it. It's, it's your word, it's your voice to us. And we praise you that your word is a living word. We ask that it would be alive in all of our lives, in all of our hearts, that it would be our guide and it would be that lamp to our feet and it would be that light to our path. We thank you, Lord, for all that you mean to us. And we thank you that you are the great God, You're high and holy. You're majestic and glorious. You're the Almighty One. And we come before you and we ask that we would bow humbly in prayer and come with reverence and a sense of godly fear before you, O Lord. Help us to do that. We want to remember others today in in, in great need and we think of the 
desperate situation in Syria and Turkey. And so many people have lost their lives and such devastation. We can hardly take it in. The the pain and the, the agony and, and the loss. And those who have been trapped, we thank you for the, the rescue mission and those that have been rescued after such a long, long time, many of them. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would have mercy upon them. We pray for the many who have survived and living in conditions that are cold and little food with no proper homes or shelter. Lord, we remember them and we lift them before you and pray for the aid to reach them, for help, for medical supplies and all that they need. Lord, we pray in all of this that there would be a crying out to the living and the true God of heaven. We pray, O Lord, that many might be found calling out to you. Your word reminds us that the Lord is near to all who call to him, who call to him in truth. May there be a crying out to you, O God, and may your grace and mercy and help and comfort. We pray for your own people in these parts too that you would just uphold them and give them wisdom and help. There's no doubt they will seek to be ministering and helping and speaking into this situation your truth. Lord, may there be many hearts changed. May there be many brought from darkness to light. And we ask, O Lord, that you would come. Lord, it just reminds us of the shortness of time. It reminds us of the fact that we are like a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. It reminds us that we're not promised time, we're not promised tomorrow. It reminds us that we need to be ready. Be ye also ready, for you know not the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Lord, help us to be ready. And we pray, O Lord, for just the work of the gospel. Thank you for just all who seek to proclaim your word this day. We pray for Ian McRitchie up in Tolston for the new ministry there with Donald. We thank you for the induction and thank you for the call that you have placed on his life to go and be the, their, their minister. And we pray that you would uphold him and keep him. May there be much blessing and may there be many inroads made with the truth in that area. And we pray, O oh Lord, for the services throughout the island, throughout our land. We pray for the highlands and islands of Scotland, that we would know a day of gospel truth and power going, going forward, that we would see yet much blessing and many people turning to yourself. Thank you for the work with young people. Bless the children in this Sunday school and in many Sunday schools and for work with youth and young people. We pray that there might yet be a generation raised up and set apart for yourself that would be just a great witness in this day that that we live in. So Lord, we pray that you would raise up those who would be your witnesses. Raise up those, O Lord, who would be gone out with this glorious gospel because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are so few. And so we pray earnestly, the Lord of the harvest, to send workers into the harvest field. Lord, we pray for any today who are not well. We ask that you would come to them and grant them peace and strength and your grace and help in time of need. We pray for any who are just feeling the the loneliness of loss, that they would know the, the comfort of the God of all comfort just so near to them day by day. O Lord, we thank you and praise you for all your goodness to us. And we ask that you would help us as we further sing and meditate upon your truth. 
And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to turn back, seeking God's help, to the psalm that we read, and uh, particularly thinking of the words of verse 18 of Psalm 145. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Lord, we're so aware that we, we need your help as we come to look at your word together. And we ask that you would help us. We pray that as we need help to speak, we need help to listen. And so, Lord, we're cast upon you. We want to understand and know what it means to, to call upon you, to call upon you in truth, because your word reminds us that you're near to those who do this. So we pray for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. We all have friends we, we gravitate to, don't we? If you, you have the, the church meal and all the tables are set out and you go in and you have a wee look around to see who you would like to sit beside. And uh, if there's a space there, you would go and sit with that person. Somebody you get on well with, somebody you can make conversation with easily and we all do it, don't we? And that is quite a natural thing. Of course... We should always make a special effort to speak to people where uh, we, we don't know or if there are visitors or if there are people on their own. We, we must be conscious of uh, including everyone. I was coming across on the ferry yesterday morning and was sitting there. I was trying to do a little bit of preparation and I was just found myself looking around at one stage and just seeing lots of people, people sitting together chatting away, making conversation. Uh, just a thought came to me, I wonder how many of the, the folks even on, on the ferry had spoken to God that morning and how many would have known anything of the nearness of God. I was just thinking hey, like that, <clears throat> thinking how much do I know of his nearness? How much do you know of God's nearness? And that's really what I want to 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 think about. See, the text tells us that the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. It seems just like a simple thing, doesn't it? And yet we wonder, well, why are we not sensing more of the Lord's nearness in our lives? Something that should be so much part of our lives if we think about the one that that as Christians we, we love and we serve and the one who has done so much for us, he has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. And we, we just long, I'm sure, like me, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, just long, like me, just to know more of him, to, mo- to know more of his nearness in our lives. But this can also become a reality for any as well who don't know the, the Lord's nearness, that you can Two, you can call out to him, and you can come to know that nearness. I want to think, first of all, just about how, as for those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior, how this text could be meaningful and how we could respond to a verse like this. When we think of what we're missing out, you know, to go on through life not knowing the nearness of God. We're missing out desperately to go on 
through life like that. There is a sense, of course, that the Lord is near to everyone because the Lord is everywhere. And in that sense, he is near in that way. Like in Psalm 139, it says, the psalmist said, Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? And that thought alone should should waken us up, shouldn't it? He knows every thought. In verse 2 of the same psalm, it says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. So in that sense, the fact that the Lord is, is everywhere, he's omnipresent, he is near in that way. But for anyone who doesn't know the Lord, then he is not near. And you say, well, how can you say that? I can say it because the Bible tells us that. Because in Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. And that's, that's tragic, that we can go to go through life not knowing his nearness. The, the one who is able to, to set you free from that, the, the bondage of sin, from the, 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 the darkness of sin, the, the blindness that sin brings to us, and to go on through life like that, not knowing the one who can come near to us, you know, is tragic. And we need to realize this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Lord is not near in this sense. But he can be. He can be. Because in Romans ten thirteen it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, the verse says, The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth. And that's it. I can't make you do that. Neither can your minister. Neither can anyone else. We can tell you the truth, knowing that it's the truth of God's word that can set you free. Knowing that the Lord is near to all who call on him in truth. I'm sure you know people that can spin a good yarn. We've all come across people like that. And they'll tell you a wonderful story. And it'll sound very convincing. But at the end of it, you'll probably think, well, maybe there was some truth in there somewhere, but you just don't know what to believe. That's never the way with God's Word, the Bible. It's all truth. From beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus has described us the truth. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, but you don't believe me. See, it's all who call on him in truth. There's nothing false. There's no pretense. It's straightforward. It's open to scrutiny. It's truth with, with, with no fault whatsoever, my friend. This is how you need to come. If you have never come to Jesus Christ to call out to him in truth, you need to come like this. And if you don't know Jesus today, it's because you've never called out to him. So that must just first of all, just to be able to call out to him, we must call out to him for, for his saving grace and power to come to our lives. He says in verse 19, he fulfills the desire of those who fear him and he hears their cry and saves them. But what about for those who are <clears throat> the Lord's people, those of us who do know 
the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour. Can you go back to a time in your life when you called out to God to save you? <clears throat> oh, it could have been uh, just at a particular time that you can go to. It might have been just something that happened over a period of time and you can't pinpoint the actual time when you actually came to know the Lord. It doesn't matter. But when you came to that realization that you were trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Do you remember that first communion when you openly professed your faith and you went forward and you took your place at the table? Was he not near? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Is he still near? Is he still near? Is he near today? Or have we lost something <clears throat> of God's nearness? When we called out to him, however we, we called, Lord, save me. Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, come and forgive me. When we called out to him and we know that that time in our lives we had that blessed assurance to know that Jesus is mine. The hymn says, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Did we not sense the Lord near at that time? And it's just, it's a, it's a childlike calling. And, and little children, they don't give up asking when they're wanting something. They, they keep at you, don't they? They don't just ask and walk away, but they'll get your attention some way. They'll tug at your clothes. Or they'll just keep asking. You know, it's that kind of asking. And it, it, it was a call from a helpless sinner that, that we couldn't go anywhere else. There was no one else we could go to. We had a need in our lives. We had the conviction of sin upon us, the weight of sin. And we couldn't do anything about it, no matter how hard we were trying. But we had to call out to him. And he answered, and we, we sensed he was near, didn't we? No other to go to. As the psalmist says in Psalm 34, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard, and saved him out of all his troubles. How wonderful that is. But you know, we can lose that childlike cry. We can lose that childlike dependence upon God. And we must never lose it. Because it, it must be a daily cry, a daily call. You know, there'll be many voices demanding our attention in this day that we live in, isn't there? There's more distractions probably than ever there, there were. Oh, we've got so many things coming at us. We've got social media. Just the, the busyness of life. Sometimes we can feel like we're never off duty. There's phone calls, there's messages, there's emails, there's Snapchat, there's Instagram, there's WhatsApp groups, there's, there's so many things. You know, we need to work hard at living the Christian life. Oh, but you might say, well, uh, is it not all of grace? Yes, of course it is. In Ephesians 2.8 we say, For grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not, of, not a result of works so that no one may boast. But we're also told, and we, we must always, always balance Scripture with Scripture, rather than just pull out one part and say that's it. But we're also told that we are His workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. We're also told in, in Second Peter to make every effort to add to our faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and knowledge self-control and so on. We're also told in Philippians to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling 
For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. That what God is working in, we, we have to work out. None of this sounds like, like just sitting back, does it? doesn't sound just like a, a, an easy run th- through life as a Christian. No. But how do we do that? How do we manage to, 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 to walk the life? Fulfill the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do, that we should walk in them. How do we add to our faith knowledge and virtue and self-control and goodness and love and all of these virtues? How do we work out what God is working in? Well, we call on him, don't we? We, we, we call out to God. Because the Lord says, for all who, who call on me, he will be near to those who call to him who called to him in truth. See, this is life transforming when we know the Lord near. I'm always so encouraged when I'm able to sit with people who have especially experienced the nearness of God. And then that's especially true when you sit with people who have lived and experienced revival. Agnes Morrison comes to mind. When you sit in her presence and you listen Oh, she, she can tell you about the nearness of God. I just long so often. I wish I could know something more of that. You see, this is a life-transforming word. The Lord is near to those who call to him. Read the psalm. It's such a wonderful psalm. It's a psalm of praise. It's David's psalm of praise. It's praise line after verse after verse of praise. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised, his greatness is unsearchable. See, when we we know the nearness of God through calling on him, we have something to tell. One generation, verse 4, shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. When we know the nearness of God, we have something to think about. Verse 5, on on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. We have something to speak about, (coughs) and they shall speak in verse 6 of your mighty awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Something to speak about, something to sing about even. They shall pour forth the fame, verse 7, of your abundant goodness, and they shall sing aloud of your righteousness. I'll just read through the psalm when you get home again. <clears throat> you see, this kind of Christian living would, would change our conversation. It would change what we talk about after a service, when we, when we meet for tea. This kind of ch- Christian living would change our lives uh, as we witness to the communities round about us and the people. Yeah, how do we call We said that we call with childlike dependence. We have to keep coming with that dependence just like little children. We go on like that, totally dependent. I've got a a wee grandson and he comes to visit us and that's always such a joy. He says, say, Grandad, will you help me build my train track? Of course I'll help you. Sometimes I might say, oh, I'm, I'm just having a, a coffee, Angus. I'll come when I finish my coffee. 
The Lord never says that. You know, here's a wonderful promise. It says the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. In Psalm 73, the psalmist says, But for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. There's an enemy, friends, we need to be aware of, that will tell you something different. There's an enemy will tell you like you, the way you are. You're not really going to be able to call on God. There's an enemy will tell you your calling is not genuine. He will even try and tell you that God is not listening to you. He will put many reasons in your head to try and stop your calling. But dear friends, we need to take God at his word, don't we? Just take God at his word. The Lord is near to all who call on him, who call on him in truth, especially near, especially near to those who call on him, who know him. Perhaps you've never called out to God. You can call to him. You can know his nearness. Perhaps you have never really called out to him in this way of, of truth for some time. Friends, you can call to him and you can know his nearness. Perhaps in a sense we all need to refresh our call to him so that we can know afresh this glorious promise that the Lord is near to all who call to him, who all who call to him in truth. May God bless these few simple thoughts to us from his word. Lord, we pray that you would help us, help us to be a people who would indeed know how to call to you. But we should know because you tell us in your word. You say the Lord is near to all who call to him, to all who call to him in truth. Lord, forgive us where we have failed to call. Forgive us, Lord, where we've got so distracted with So many other voices coming to us who have not listened to your voice. Help any, Lord, who have never called out to you, who have never experienced the the nearness of God. Lord, may this day they call and know the fulfillment of your promise that the Lord is near to all who call out to him. So, Lord, we thank you for just reminding us from your word. Thank you for this wonderful psalm. And bless your word. May it be mixed up with faith in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.